Vital Educators podcast is hosted by self-development coach, investor, and renowned educator, Ahmed Saqib. Ahmed will speak to fellow educators, young professionals, ordinary people like you and me about their life choices that allowed them to become successful in their careers. He will also delve deeper into the psychology and their perception of success, the good, bad, and the ugly. For young students, he will discuss techniques to help you with your learning and development. Ahmed is committed to helping you determine what you want to do in life. He will share his own life experiences of self-discovery and self-realization that has led him to launch this venture. So this podcast is for anyone who wants to know more about various paths to becoming successful in any profession or passion. Hi guys, Ahmed here from Vital Educator. So today I have a very special guest on and she is um, a podcaster herself and she's an entrepreneur, I would say as well, but I don't know whether she would agree with me on this. Uh, her podcast is called Journey to Organization and the company that she has is called Balagon Be Gone. Uh, Rebecca Solzman, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. So where do you think um, this idea of organization, which is very basic and very uh, straightforward, uh, where do you think is, uh, wh- why do you think people aren't, aren't able to crack it? Why do you think even today, uh, adults who have um, become successful in their life still aren't unable to organize themselves well? Okay, that's a great question. There's a few answers to that question. The first is I think from a very young age, people aren't taught good executive functioning skills. So like we're not developing that skill set in our kids. And what we need to really do is train children from a young age, like how to be organized. And it's it's actually something that you can learn. Uh, don't feel like, you know, just because you're 30 or 40 that you can't go back and relearn. It's going to be a little more difficult than if you would have learned as a child to be organized, but it's definitely possible. The thing is, is that most people have natural like organizational skills that are like ingrained in us and over time they're developed and nurtured but for some people they aren't and in that case they need to be and you know you can seek help get coaching and that kind of thing and it becomes easier to to nurture those skills and and bring them out and actually create a more organized person the thing is is that i think that now with more and more people being diagnosed as adhd and add and all those kind of things there's this certain level of like, well, I've never been able to do that and I've never, I'm never going to be able to do it. So I'm just not going to be organized and I'll get an assistant and they'll keep me organized or whatever it is. And people are always looking for these workarounds rather than just trying to improve on themselves. Even if you have a diagnosis of ADD or ADHD, it is possible to learn these organizational skills and be more organized. Okay, thank you so much for that. Um, th- there's lots of uh, things that you said, uh, but I'm I want to dive deeper into ADD and ADHD that you were talking about, okay. and I think I'm I'm guilty of that myself because uh, okay. I, 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 I 
well, I haven't been diagnosed with ADHD or ADD because my mother never had me tested. But she's convinced now that well, at back in her times or back in when I was a child, she didn't right. didn't even know these things were actually existed. It's only yeah. when she now she watches TV and now she sees these things, she's like, "Oh my God, my son was like this." So she she is convinced that I have ADHD or I have ADD. Believe it or not. Um, <laughs> But, and and, and to, to some respect, I think you are you are correct, and and I think she's correct because I am looking outwards for a solution rather than inwards. I.e., I'm looking to employ someone so they can organize my life for me rather than rather than changing my behavior patterns so I can become more structured and have a more organized life. Now the question becomes: as an adult now, how do I achieve that? What what kind of exactly learnable skills or skills that I need to learn or master? to make sure that my life is fully organized. Okay, so there's a few steps I think you can take. The first is you can actually seek a diagnosis for ADD or ADHD and get medication to help you. And the medication is helpful and it's good. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying like everybody should, it's right for everybody, but for some people, it's actually like a ga- a huge game changer for them. And it's great. And I, it doesn't matter if you're a kid or you're an adult. I think actually the getting the diagnosis when you're an adult is actually easier and getting medicated is actually easier. So if that's a road you want to go down, that could be helpful. Um, if, if you don't want to go down that road or, you know, if, if you don't think you're severe enough, I still encourage you to at least get checked and and get a diagnosis. Uh, And if you don't, I think it's important to understand, first of all, men and women function, their body like functions differently. So men go on like a 24 hour hormone cycle and women go on a monthly hormone cycle. And, And at different stages for men, at different stages of the day and at different stages of the month for women, we have different superpowers, if you will. And we're able to be better at certain tasks at certain times of the day, or in case of a woman at certain times of month. So it's important to sort of understand where you are in your hormone cycle so you can optimize your, in your case, your day so that you can be more effective and more efficient. So if, and and if you just sort of watch yourself for a few days, like keep a journal over like a week, let's say, I think it's possible for you to figure out when your most productive times are, when your ADHD is sort of in, if you have it, is in check and and when you can be most productive and more organized. And then, then the next thing you can do on internally is to, I find it's working on calming your mind. So focusing on like learning how to meditate and focus on like the task at hand and, and, and then actually turning off any external um, distractions so that you can spend time during your optimal time, whatever time of the day that is for you, focusing on what you actually need to get done. Because a lot of the time, what's happening in our daily focus is that we're in the middle of doing something, the phone rings and we answer it. And then it takes us a lot of time to get back into the task. So it actually feels like we're unfocused when in actuality, we've just been distracted. So if we would have just turned off our phone, got done the task that we needed to do and then checked our phone and called back whoever called us, we would have actually been more productive and we wouldn't have felt 
like we are on unfocused because some of the time it's it's not really that we're unfocused it's just that we have these external things that are unfocusing us Mm, that's very very important and um, so so what kind of activities what kind of tangible things that i can do to make sure that i minimize distraction so you talk about mobile phone so i have obviously turned my mobile phone off right now of course so it can't disturb me while we have this chat um also at the same time my mobile is always on silent so it's always me missing calls and calling people back so that i can do more productive work um, I have turned all my notifications off on my phone as well. So whenever somebody texts me, I never get the notification. Only when I need to check my phone, I can just go into WhatsApp or um, Instagram or whatever to, to see if the messages or activities we want to browse around. Um, are there anything else? Is there anything else that I can do in my daily life to make sure that I am fully focused in doing as much productive work as possible? I think if you can schedule time to do specific tasks, that's really helpful. So what I mean by that is don't allow yourself to check your email all day long. So set like a time in the morning and a time in the afternoon that you check your email and let your crew know that that's when you check things. And don't go on Facebook and Instagram and all of those social media sites indiscriminately. Like go on with purpose. It's okay to go on them, but like you, if you're the kind of person who will get sucked down the rabbit hole, to avoid that, you want to like have these dedicated times. I don't know about you, but for me, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, they're important parts of my business and I have to go on them. But what I've decided on is like, instead of going every time, I turn the notifications off for those apps. And then once a day or twice a day, I go in and I look and I answer people at those times because if I don't, if I don't do that, if I don't structure it, then hmm. it just, it all, you know, <laughs> it becomes right, like a free right. for all, you know? Hmm. Hmm. One thing I struggle with is uh, a schedule. Scheduling is the main thing that I struggle with is to okay. how to dedicate a certain amount of time. Because for example, let me give an example. So I, if I say, that between 10 and 11 in the morning, I'm going to check my emails and say Tuesday comes. I'm just using Tuesday as an example because we're recording this on Monday. Um, Tuesday okay. comes and uh, and on Tuesday between 10 and 11, I have loads of emails and I know that I can't get them through in that hour. But on Wednesday, I have less emails and I can get them through in, say, 30 minutes. So how do I schedule in a way where I am comfortable with playing around with this, if you know what I mean? Right. So I always like to have buffered times in between tasks. So, so what I mean by that is if I'm scheduling between 10 and 11 to check emails every day, I won't allow my next task to be at 11 o'clock. I'll make it 1115 or 1130, no matter what the task is, because most tasks are usually improperly budgeted for anyways, but I also need the time to, you know, go have a cup of coffee or, or tea in my case, I don't drink coffee, but go have a cup of tea, go to the bathroom, uh, check in now all my kids and my husband are at home. So I like to just check in and give them a little FaceTime. And then I can go back to my work and I feel like more satisfied because I've had that FaceTime with my family. I had the personal few minutes to, you know, take care of myself. And if I needed the extra time to actually continue checking email, then I had it. And if I find that that buffer time is not enough to continue checking email, then what I do is I look for a time later on in my day 
where I can finish the task. But I feel like it's sort of important to, especially on routine tasks like emails, where you do have sort of a grace period of, of when you're responding to them. Um, in that situation, I try to like add them into my nighttime email time or, or add them to the next day, give myself a little extra email time the next day. But I, I don't, for email specifically and social media, I don't like to go over the plan time. Now, if I was actually doing something like editing my podcast that took a little longer than I thought it would for whatever reason, then I'll continue on what I'm doing. Um, and then I won't take a break and I'll just finish my task and then I'll adjust accordingly once I'm finished in my calendar. But just to go on for one minute, um, that's the reason why I actually love using electronic calendars because moving tasks around is so easy. When you're using a paper diary, it becomes much more difficult to sort of juggle and, and be flexible. Hmm. So what app, could you kindly repeat that again, please, that you, you suggest that somebody should use? Um, I actually just use my regular Google Calendar. I, I'm not down with using fancy apps. Oh, right. So I just use my Google Calendar, <laughs> to be honest. I'm not into like fancy fancy apps. Like I think most of what we need is available for free. <laughs> and I'm down with using the stuff that like, if there's something that I need to pay for, like I'm totally down with paying for it. So for example, I use Calendly and I use the upgraded service. And to me, that's worth every single mm. penny. But I've just found that mm. Google makes such great products that there's really no need to need. go outside of it. Mm. You know, I agree. I agree. And what is your ideal buffering time that you think that people should have as a starting point? It totally depends on the task at hand, honestly. Mm. Um, mm. I think I, the important thing... Okay, so when you're deciding how much time to buffer, it's important to understand how long you think the task will that you're doing will take. So for example, let's say... let's let's continue with podcasting. Okay. So let's say I know that in general, it takes me about 30 minutes to record my episode. It takes me around 45 minutes to edit it. And then it takes me another, you know, 10 minutes to upload it and write the description. Okay. So over time I have, I have recorded those times on how long it took me to do these tasks. So I know how long to budget for these tasks. So when I budget for a 30 minute task, let's say for recording the podcast, because I've tracked it, so I know how long it takes. I always like to, to, to at least have that much in like half of that time frame in buffer. So for a 30 minute task, I like to have 15 minutes in a buffer because I figure like, the plus minus time is usually going to be that. If it's a task I've never done before, though, if I think it will take me 30 minutes, then I'll probably budget 30 minutes plus a 30 minute buffer because I don't actually know how long it's going to take me. And I haven't figured out all the steps of how to do it. And I think that's really important when you're planning an activity is figuring out all the steps of the activity because that helps you gauge how long the task will take. So I think most people don't do that. <laughs> um, if we want to use like, 
Right. If we want to use a really simple example, let's say brushing your teeth. Okay. So brushing your teeth takes what, two or three minutes, right? Three, let's say three minutes. When you're actually brushing your teeth, though, you don't think about all the steps that are involved. You have to turn on the bathroom light. You go in and pull your toothbrush out of the cup. Then you have to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. And then you have to turn the water on and make it a little bit damp. And then you brush, brush, brush. And then you turn the water back on or, you know, I forgot even a step to turn the water off while you're brushing, right? And then you have to turn it back on. And these are all little steps and they seem stupid in the grand scheme of things of brushing your teeth. But actually, when you're doing a more complicated task, it's important to chart out even the most minute steps because they give us an insight about how long the task takes. And so once you know how long the task takes and you really understand all the steps, you can actually budget the correct amount of time for a task. And that helps you in scheduling your overall day. Because what happens is, is that most people just get stuck and, and behind in their task because they didn't actually budget enough time. Hmm. And so uh, on, that, on that same point, do you also prepare your duties or the tasks that you need to do a day before? Do you have that sort of uh, mentality? Uh, or do you um, you kind of schedule it in and then you don't look at your calendar and then I guess you wake up in the morning and then you kind of look at it and see what I'm doing? Is How do you how do you organize your whole day in that sense? So on su- uh, the uh, I live in Israel and the work week mm-hmm. here in Israel starts on Sunday. So Sunday nice. morning, I usually take like a, a look at what's going on in my week. And mm-hmm. I think about all the things that I need to do. And I try to not schedule more than three like large things related to my business every day because in theory, that's really all I can manage, especially because I still have to see clients and, and mm-hmm. deal with clients and stuff. Um, so I try to just only pick three tasks a day to deal with. And then like I slot them out throughout the week. And mm. as the week, every morning, I just take a look at my calendar for like five minutes. I familiarize myself with the agenda. And and then I go through and see if I need to tweak anything or change anything for the day. Because obviously things come up at, at the last minute. Yeah. I'm a mom. I have three kids. So things are always changing. And, and, and I go through each morning. I just take five minutes at the beginning of the day. And I go through my day. And I slot in or I adjust or I move things around. Um... And it makes it, it's like, I look at it every day and mm. I, th- I think the familiar, familiar, I can't even say that word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, being familiar with your schedule uh-huh. um, makes it smoother for you to get through your day because mm. you, you, you know in your mind what's going to happen and you can more seamlessly move through the day. Hmm. So so let me ask you this question then. And it has happened to me and it repeatedly happens. And I think it kind of derails me from scheduling my day is that when I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be doing a certain task and I'm spending, say, two, three hours on that task, i.e., let's talk about this. Uh, let's, let's, the fa- let's talk about the fact that we're recording a podcast right now. Now, in the midst right. of this or in the midst of me editing a podcast, um, something happens that requires my attention, utmost attention. Um, how do I, how do I balance that? How do I, how, cause I, I so for example, like, um, I forgot that I was supposed to reply to this a- email that, that came two days ago and I didn't schedule that in. Do you, so, so, 
I'm 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 struggling to kind of um uh, uh, word my uh, thoughts properly here, but like, uh, say on a Saturday, or, or I'm sitting around, I'm browsing the emails, <clears throat> and I recognize an email that I need to respond to. But uh, in that email, I need certain facts, or I need to send certain files on that email that will I will I will get. I don't know when I'll get, but that email is important. But at the same time, I also know that on Monday I need to do X amount of tasks. I need to do these three tasks. How do I? How do 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 I give up on those tasks to reply to that email, or do I say I'm going to schedule now that I've received all the information, and now that I can reply to this e this email, I should uh, find a day and a time during the week where I'm not doing anything to reply to this email specifically. Do you do you have uh, do, do you schedule your day in that much um, depth, or do you not yeah. do that at all? No, I I don't try. I don't schedule like in that much detail. But what I let me let's just backtrack for one minute because you used email <laughs> as an example. How many mm -hmm. emails do you have in your inbox? I get plenty, loads. No, 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 like different inboxes. Okay, but how many are there right now? Oh, right, uh, probably ten, twelve. Oh, that's it. So you're responding yeah. <laughs> and you're dealing with email quickly and regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, because most people who have the problem that you're talking about have like a. Th more than two or three thousand emails in their inbox um mm -hmm. so so kudos to you for not having that many emails in your inbox <laughs> thank um, you but i'm working overtime if though, that's so the I'm situation before i'm going to bed <laughs> right i think you'll find mm -hmm. that if you are checking your email at like two specific times during the mm -hmm. day um, and you're dealing with whatever is stuck in the email at that like or whatever's coming in at that point and you're just you're making that happen at that time, then it it will make you more productive. Hmm. Um, so so for example, if you if the email comes in and you're dealing with maybe an hour, by the way, isn't enough time for you to manage all your emails. Maybe you really need, you know, two hours at a time to manage your emails. And that's fine. Hmm. Whatever you need, you should take. But but to all of a sudden remember like, oh, I need to take care of this email that's fine. I don't like to interrupt what I'm doing when that mm. happens. I just make a note and then I go back to it because I find that like, I, I can't, like I, I personally, I just can't like, mm. I'll get too distracted and then I'll get bogged down in the email and then I'll fall Same. down some other rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So I just need to focus on finishing what I'm going to do. And then I can go back to the email and, and deal with it. But like, if I don't actually finish the task that I'm working on, then I'll have two totally incomplete things <laughs> mm. you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. Right. right so right. so so i feel like once you can designate these email times to actually deal with the email uh first of all it's going to make your life better because you're not always going to feel like beholden to answering emails and mm -hmm. you know it'll it'll just in from the time management aspect of things, it'll ensure that the other tasks that need to get done during the day are going to get done. If you feel like mm. you need to respond in some way to all emails that are coming through your inbox right away, you can put an auto responder mm -hmm. on your email and be like, mm -hmm. thanks for your message. I received it. And mm -hmm. as soon as I can, you know, I will, I will get to this. If you haven't heard from me mm. within 48 hours, please send another email. But then you're setting mm -hmm. like the guidelines with your, with the other person. And you're saying, 
I get I respond to emails within 48 hours. If you haven't heard from me by then, then there's a problem and then you can resend. But this way you're like setting up the parameters, the agreement of the relationship right from the start. Do you know what I That's mean? That's very helpful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, honestly, I have not I had thought about autoresponders, but I only use them when I'm on a holiday. Oh, I can't reach right. you, so you can't reach me because I'm on a holiday. I'll get back to you when I get back basically. So so I appreciate you 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 telling me that, that I can do that. Well, in, in my yeah, you could totally well. do that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. why not? And then, but I think I think that's also like a big problem in in the world today is that we don't really know what people are expecting from us, and we haven't said like clearly what we're willing to do for other people. So whatever feels comfortable for you, twenty four hours, forty eight hours, thirty six hours, whatever it is, make a just. Put this into the social contract with you and whoever you're, you know, dealing with and say, like, this is what I can reasonably do. And it's not impolite. I know, like, British people are very worried about, like, being proper and, like, like, right, right, but, but it's not improper to do that. And actually, I think it gives, it gives a lot of, you know, uh, space for the relationship because it's saying, Mm. like, here are my rules. You can uh, you can you can choose to abide by them or not. But like this is what I'm willing to do. Hmm, that's good. It's good to set those boundaries and yeah. let people know that these are you. Okay, that's very important because I I you're absolutely right. I get bogged down into the emails and I'm like, oh my god, these emails are like never ending. And then next right. thing you know, I am I've spent instead of spending an hour, I'm there two hours and I've eaten into an hour into the other task that I was supposed to be doing. And then I'm always behind a task and I'm supposed to be like okay, what am I supposed to be doing now? So it kind of gets really annoying in that sense. Right. But um, yeah, go on. Were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, right. So to that vein, then you should just, you should probably increase the amount of time that you're focusing just on emails. But also it's Hmm. perhaps you have too many tasks being scheduled in a day that you can't actually Hmm, get to all of them. Hmm. You're absolutely right. So then that's that's when you have to talk about outsourcing. Mm. So, okay, so what number should I be thinking of before I even start thinking of outsourcing? I mean, if if you can't get through all the tasks in your day, then you should be outsourcing something. Uh, If before you outsource, though, you should think about what you can automate. So one of the things you can automate is... Uh, for starters, with an autoresponder. That's number one. Number two is um, you can make, uh, I don't know what email service you're using. If you're using Gmail, you can make, right. Okay. So you can make email templates. (laughs) I mean, this is like the biggest time saver ever because how many times a day do you type the same thing in an email? Pretty much a lot. I literally hope you're well. Uh, have a lovely day. Regards, Ahmed. So I, I do. Right. I see the same format, exactly the same. Okay. Right. So, so first of all, you can make a signature in Gmail, which will save you time because yes, you won't done. have to sign yeah. off all the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah. So you have a signature, but then Gmail has this great service or add-on or whatever. It's part of in you just have to turn the feature on. It's called it used to be called um canned responses. Now it's called templates. It's like I so I have like a standard letter that I send out to people after I have a session with them, let's say. And I just fill in the blanks. And you know, I save so much time because I don't have to think about the sentences 
all over again. The letter has been perfectly crafted over time. There are like really no spelling errors in it because I've worked on it already. And all Mm -hmm. I had to do was click and fill in the blanks that I left from last time. Mm. And it saves me so much time. Right. And like, cause so much of our day is spent writing the same things over and over and over again, that these like quick commands or templates just help us move more quickly through these tasks that we, that we can't really outsource, but that, you know, need to be handled more efficiently. So, so that's, so that's one thing. Making sure that like, yeah. So like, for example, these templates are also useful. I know you use Calendly when you're scheduling things. So in the templates for, you can actually put in like, um, put in like regular zoom links to Calendly. And this way you don't have to worry about creating new meetings all the time. And there are lots of ways to automate with the tools that we are already using because they, the tools themselves have lots of integrations and, they're set up to integrate with with uh, other people. So for example, if you are a new client for me and you sign up with my Calendly, you'll automatically get added into my CRM because you know it 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 navigates it that way. I set it up that way. I did an integration for it. And then it saves me time because I don't have to worry about inputting this brand new client into my into my CRM. Mm-hmm. Anybody's wondering what CRM stands for? It means Customer <laughs> Relationship Manager. So, yeah, sorry. Um, so, so it's a, it's a soft, no, no, it's not, not. I know a lot of people who are not part of the corporate world will be wondering the same question. So, I thought it would be a good idea for me to just let them know that there are apps and softwares out there uh, where you can actually have all your customers in just one place just like for example like i sent you a calendar link today and uh not today like a couple of days back and you booked yeah. a time to 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 and for this chat and it was automatically linked to my google calendar so it came up on my google calendar so on sunday night when i was looking at what am i doing tomorrow i knew at this time i was supposed to see rebecca so so this right. is this is this is invaluable this is great information i really appreciate you doing that um i want to talk a bit a bit about you now um okay so how did how did the how did this whole idea how did you become this champion for organization how did this shift happen or was there a shift or you always been like this so i think i've always been like more towards the organized side there are definitely like a lot of things i have learned and taught myself one of the things that i mean today's conversation really got geared toward time management but uh, what I actually have found is that um, and most of what I do in my business is actually straight on organization. So I help people actually organize their stuff. And what I have found is and I I was living in New York City in this teeny tiny apartment. I had three little babies. All of my kids are just I have twins. And then I have one <laughs> child who's a 20 who's 21 months older than my twin. So I had oh, basically wow. triplets. I had all nice. these toys. There was stuff everywhere. There is just and I'm like, this is not working. And <laughs> and, I, and I went through are they and old I just, boys? Are they old no, boys? I have two oh, boys and not. a girl, two oh, boys and okay. a girl. OK, yeah. And I'm like, this just, it's not working. And Mm -hmm. I read this book called Zero Waste Home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, wow, this lady, she just has like this beautiful streamlined home. Why do I have to live with all this garbage in my house? Like, Mm -hmm. it's crap. I don't need to live with it. And like, I just (laughs) want to clear out the crap, right? So I, I did. And my life changed. And I realized like, we are conditioned as consumers to buy, 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 buy. 
and we don't really think about what we're buying and we add more and more to our lives, but we never take anything away. And when you take things away, you get more clarity sometimes. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is great. And I was just more efficient. I was less angry. I, everything just was smoother in my life when I had less. And so what I try to teach people is how to have less, how to live a more zero waste lifestyle, and how to manage everywhere in between. And it's hard because especially when you have kids, you got to be flexible and you got to juggle and stuff comes up. But when stuff comes up, it's easier to manage when there's less physical stuff in your life. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give an example. Um, my mom just passed away. Mm-hmm. And Sorry, thank you. And my house was like, it was clear, like uh, in I'm Jewish and we have this custom that when a person goes into mourning, they are received by many, many visitors. And I didn't fret about my house, whether it was like tidy or not. And all these people coming into my house, I wasn't worried about it because my house was clean and tidy. Like there's not a lot of stuff in it. And the stuff that didn't need to be tidied only took a few minutes to tidy. And it felt like I felt comfortable saying to anybody, yes, please come into my house. And that made a time that was super stressful for me. You know, the death of a parent is really stressful and emotional. It made it easier to cope with, you know? And I think that we put a lot of, um, importance on stuff. And I think stuff helps us get through our life better. You know, like the invention Mm. of the washing machine makes life easier and better. But at the same time, um, you know, (laughs) maybe you don't need a dryer. Right, exactly. So, (laughs) you know, like there are ways to simplify and I I Mm -hmm. love my dryer, but like, we don't maybe need as many clothes and we can maybe wash some of our like just hang some of our clothes in between wearings and we don't actually have to wash them and have mountains of laundry and piles of laundry Mm. all the time so i think you know we just have to sort of reevaluate how much stuff we actually have and if the stuff is serving us or if we're serving our stuff Hmm. so I i think the question then becomes is how do you know it's too much like there's too much um what's your gauge how do you know because i know obviously um, i i understand that for for a lot of people it's a feeling and um i remember <clears throat> my friend coming to my house the other day and he came into my room and he was like dude you have so much stuff in your house and i was like what is he talking about it doesn't even look like i have lots of stuff but then he literally pointed out every single thing that is in my room that is just extra just there like perfume bottles that i had gotten gifts of or cards and food or all kinds of random things that i have in my room which i never noticed so a guy like me i would consider myself uh, well from a get go from a child early childhood i would say i'm i am unorganized i'm 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 in a journey to structuring my life better um so therefore i don't really see these nuances but somebody like you for example would be able to really spot them super quickly so how do a guy like me essentially becomes a guy or a woman like you um well you know there's like surgery and drugs and that kind of thing but you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
but but barring that, uh, I think it's about about being conscientious. The first step is about being conscientious about what's actually coming into your life. And so when you decide like, okay, I don't have anything to wear, um, and you go out to the shop, well, that means that your stuff in your closet isn't serving you. So like, cause you don't actually want to wear any of that stuff. So that means like it's time to go through your closet and get rid of what you're no longer using. Um, it's, it's like those small clues that it's just being sort of tuned in to like what we need, what we think we need. And, and then understand it. Like you look through your fridge and you're like, Ooh, it's empty. <laughs> but in the cupboard, there's lots of, there's lots of food in there. Uh, you know, there's lots of food. You just have to make it, <laughs> you know? And so like, if you're not willing to make it, then those are not the kind of things you should be buying anymore. You know? So, so de depending on the scenario, like which room we're in, in the house, you got to look at like what you actually have on hand already. And if you're interested in using it and basically decide that's, based on that. That's very, that's a very valid point. But let me ask you about this then. What do you do about gifts? Yeah. Because you get, I get lots of gifts, right? And uh, some of them are clients, believe it or not. Um, what do you do with that? How do you, how do you, like, if you don't have space for it, what, what kind of things do you say to yourself? Um, I never feel bad about letting go of a gift that isn't serving me. Um, you don't have to tell the person, just smile and be like, thanks so much, you know? <laughs> um, you know, if it's something that you do like, then make space for it. You know, give it a home, give it a real place to live. Maybe that means something else in your life has to leave. Uh, there's a study that says like American homes have like 300,000 objects in them. No That's way. a lot of objects. Yes. Like an, like an average family. And I'm what like, what? That's a lot. But if you really think about it, it's like, it's possible. I went through and started counting some of my stuff and I'm like, whoa, we have a lot. And I don't even think we have a lot. <laughs> So, so like if the average person is going to have that, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's a battle. Like it's a constant struggle to find the right balance where you have enough, but not too much, you know, and where you feel comfortable with it. I always like to use the example, like, well, if I had to move like super quickly for whatever reason, what would I take with me? And if I have like, so much more that like I would need to, you know, still have another 30 or 40 boxes, <laughs> then that's too much. <laughs> of course. And um, you were talking about uh, your kids earlier and you, uh, you, you talk about you, that you came to this realization that your house in New York City or your apartment in New York City with three kids was, was, was a mess, essentially. Right. So how did you, and of course, then you read the book Zero Waste Home uh, and then you realized that obviously you can streamline your life a lot better. What kind of things are you teaching your children right now i don't know how old they are but what kind of things that you've taught them and do you think that they are organized right now because you were earlier even when we started the podcast you were talking about starting as early as possible and i'm sure you, you did right. certain things with them that has may have made them very organized is that the case it's an ongoing struggle i think a lot <laughs> of it depends on, <laughs> on like uh, their own individual personality um but Definitely, like, my kids know how to put things away because in our house, they know where things go. So when you say to your kid, put something away, that doesn't mean anything to them if they don't know where it goes. So a lot of problems that parents have is, like, they're, like, clean your room up. 
But what does that mean to a child? Like if they have never had like a specific introduction to where things are supposed to go, then it's really hard for them to organize that idea, especially if it's really, really messy. It's really hard for them to organize themselves to figure out how to start it. And even I think as adults, sometimes you're standing inside a messy situation and you're like, okay, where do I start? And certainly for children, that feeling is amplified. They look at the mess in their room and they're like, uh-oh, where do I start? And that just, that immediately when that happens, it shuts them down because then they don't know how to cope anymore, you know, because they're like, I don't know where to start, so I'm just going to do nothing. And and it's true for adults too, but uh, with kids, we can we can help them by saying to them, instead of saying clean your room, we can say to them, put your dirty laundry in the hamper, fold all your clean shirts and put them in the box for shirts and put all your toys in their corresponding boxes. Obviously, you've named your company Balagon, uh, Balagon, sorry, Balagan Be Gone. Yeah. Um, uh, well, for those of you who don't know, and of course, I didn't know myself, what does Balagon mean? Balagon is the Hebrew word for chaos or disorder or, or big mess. <laughs> nice. So, nice. <laughs> nice. you know, big mess be gone. <laughs> and what, what, what led you to form this company? What led you to become this person? Like, how, how did this happen? Like, wh- were you like this from a young child when you were like six, seven years old? When I grow up, I'm going to be an, <laughs> a person who t- teaches other people to become organized. Was that the aim? Actually, I always wanted to be a fashion designer. And I actually did become a fashion designer. I went to Parsons School of Design and I have a degree in fashion design. Uh, and I didn't like it. <laughs> so I worked for many years as a graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, I worked for many years as a graphic designer. And then um, I was working as a graphic designer. And I read the book Zero Waste Home and I'm like, gosh, I don't do anything good for the environment and I don't help people in any way and I don't want to do this anymore. And I thought, like, how can I make it? How can I make a difference in the world? How can I make life better for people? And I saw this advertisement for a couple who wanted to downsize and I answered it, uh, answered the ad and I they gave me the job and uh, I did it. <laughs> um, and I wow. and I realized like this is what I want to do. But I had been doing it previously when I was in high school. I I had a personal shopping business uh, for friends, and I realized that like oh I have to go through all their stuff before I can actually buy them stuff because I got to know what they have. So. I had always sort of been doing it on the side without really knowing it. (laughs) And then when I like forced myself to really figure out what I wanted, I'm like, nope, this is my mission. This is how I can make the world a better place, even if it is one person at a time. How do you, uh, this is, this is, this is is what's fascinating to me because a lot of people look at these skills, right? Um, And they just, they just keep it to themselves. They don't think that um, this skill is something amazing. Because to a guy like me, organization is like a gold mine. If somebody can teach me how to be organized, if somebody can kind of tell me the things that I'm doing that are wrong, that I can change about my life, um, that person is extremely valuable to me. And a lot of people are unable to recognize the talent that they have within themselves. Where do you get the confidence to be the person that you are today, that you are essentially helping other people literally change their whole life and their lifestyles? 
So, um, <laughs> that's like a loaded question. How do I get the confidence? I took this class. It's called Jewish Positive Thinking. And I learned that basically I don't have to worry because God has my back. And when I feel stressed out or worried or scared or nervous, I'm like, no, I and I can go into myself and I can say to myself, like, I I feel comfortable and confident with with my decision, knowing that I'm making the world a better place. And like, I'm going to rely on God to Guide to you. help me get there. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Wow. And then do you think obviously having that, um, so you didn't have that mindset beforehand or did, is this something that you learned or uh, by going to that uh, Jewish positive thinking workshop essentially? So it's funny because I grew up as a religious Jew and I think it's something like very much missing from the education uh, of like how to really. The positive like, thinking part? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that oh, crazy? Wow. Like, yeah. like we learned the rules of like how to be Jewish and what Jewish people do. But I felt like there was always this sort of like, it's very, um, it's like, it's rule oriented rather than the spiritual aspect of things. And I definitely think there were times in school when I, you know, we did things that were spiritual, but for the most part, I find that like, I just was missing this key component. I didn't know, you know, and I took a class and now I know it and I feel like I feel good. And it takes like a lot of affirmation. Like I have to constantly remind myself that this is the situation and this is the case and it's, it's hard. It's hard work. And I'm constantly working on myself and trying to make myself the best version of Rebecca that I can. Uh, but it's a struggle. <laughs> of course. I mean, I can completely relate to that. But I presume organization or time management, you must be a master at that to the point where you don't think twice about it. You know, um, for example, like the struggle that I have is like I need to find a time to sit down, write down all the tasks or, or schedule all the tasks that I. So I have this. Um, so this is how I schedule my tasks. I sit down on a Saturday on a Sunday because, uh, of course, our week starts from Monday onwards. And I 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 write down all the tasks from one till, I don't know, 20 tasks for, if I have during the week. Um, and then I, I compartmentalize those tasks by urgent and important not urgent and important um not important and not urgent so so i i, I and then i then i kind of go through in that quadrant essentially i go through from left all the way to right uh, from top left to bottom right essentially mm -hmm. um to from the most important task to the least important task um so this is how I, what this is the practical way i have kind of um uh, kind of encompassed my life and that's the way i kind of now deal with it but the, this is why i was talking to you about distractions that what if in those 20 tasks that are written down on a sunday say on a wednesday i get something really, really difficult and i have no idea how to do it then i get all flustered and i'm like oh my god i can't can't manage that because uh, there's now there's too many tasks and i don't know which one comes first and which one comes second um whereas i presume with you it's very easy because you know how to how to deal with that don't you no i learned how to do it and I think that I'm proof of 
I'm proof that you can you can learn and change. Like I don't think that I had any better time management skills than than most than a good portion of the people. I mean, obviously, like I might have had some base skills that were there that some people don't have. And I don't have like ADD or ADHD. So so that puts me in a different category. But uh, I learned everything that I do and I have perfected my technique over time. Do you attribute this um, aspect of who you are uh, uh, to yourself as a child and the way you were brought up in a Jewish environment? Do you attribute your organization skills to that? Because I, I obviously I have Jewish friends and they're hyper organized. They're very, very organized. Even they run businesses as well and they're super successful and I admire how organized they are. I'm talking guys here. Like men are a lot less organized than women are. I mean, women are hyper organized, but I'm talking about guys, here, Jewish guys, like they're so good at organization that I admire how, how and I think, that's, I don't know whether I, this is me sitting on the outside observing um, the, their lifestyle and I think that has to do with how their parents have brought, brought them up in a Jewish environment do you think it, it is to do with that or is it not uh, I don't know I think it depends on what they're like are they uh, it depends on what their job is so like so for example people who are accountants I find those people are naturally more organized because they sort of have to be and also numbers fall into this category of of being of of being easy to organize cuz they're like pure and simple data um but just because somebody looks organized doesn't mean they are so a lot of times super successful people have a crew behind them and they have someone supporting them and making them organized and i think that that's also really important to look at there are things though that i think growing up Jewish have helped. So for example, Friday afternoon is Shabbat. It's at starts at sunset and the Sabbath and it starts at sunset and it ends at, at, uh, you know, sundown the next day. So yeah. Sunset on Saturday. Saturday, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Sunset on Saturday. What did I say? I don't know what Mm -hmm. I said. You you, Um, you said sunset and sundown. Oh, the other way around. So, so, there's like a hard finish Friday afternoon. It's like pencils down, you know, like if you're not done with your task Friday afternoon and if you're not ready for Shabbat, then you're just not going to be ready and you get what you get and you can't get upset. And like, that's it. That's all you get. And so like, there's this, there's this constant like loop that you got to be finished by a certain time because you have to, you have to go and do this thing. And I think also for like religious men, they also, um, categorize, at least for Jewish religious men, they, many of them, um, compartmentalize their day around prayer times. So like they're going for prayer in the morning in the afternoon and in the evening, and like they have to be finished so that they can go. And like, I think that there are sometimes these natural, um, stopping points in the day that were unnatural, like forced stopping points during our day that force us to do that. But I don't think it's like, but I know plenty of disorganized people who can't manage to get to anywhere on time so there's this joke about like jewish standard time how it always runs like 20 minutes behind everybody else so (laughs) so so there's definitely like the the you know bias that goes in both ways where some people think you know they're hyper organized and sometimes they're they're totally not so i think it's very like individual and 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 depends on the person and also 
you know, their particular, the particular importance that their parents set on organization. Because a lot of times parents don't place a high value on teaching kids organization. Mm, and that's mm. a shame. I mean, my mother tried. My mother did. My, my dad never did. I mean, he was more of a nine to five person. So his life was already organized with, because he's a doctor, right. organ, was already organized with uh, with whatever he was doing in that day. So he didn't really pay attention to himself and what he's doing. Because whenever he used to come back home, um, he just used to just live his whole life. Um, also, on the, on the topic you mentioned, Shabbat, you know, one, one thing I love about Shabbat um, is that the fact that... Um, you guys have one week, one day during the week where you are saying to yourself that we will not use any electricity whatsoever. So you go through this dopamine detox session where you kind of revitalize yourself. Of course, you go inwards and you connect yourself with it's, it's, it's very much like meditation in a sense, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, and, and again, you're, you're fresh for Sunday. And like you said, you, your, your day starts on a Sunday. So I think this is something that we can all learn and use from in our lives. Maybe have a day in which you're not using any technology whatsoever, where you, 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 you uh, um, I don't know whether, because um, I think a, a certain, uh, every Jewish person is different in, in a sense, but I presume that you don't even use any electrical, no no TV, no uh, no laptop, nothing like that, right? Am I, am I correct, correct in saying that? You're correct. While I mean, okay, we're not sitting in the dark like cavemen (laughs) you know we use we we definitely employ tools of technology on shabbat so for example our lights go on timers our air conditioner is on like a timer um the 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 way we eat food you know we're not allowed to cook so you know we eat food that's already been made um and it takes preparation and planning uh so (laughs) so there is that step like from a very young age i think jewish religious Jewish children anyways are like very inbred like that you have to it's imbued upon them that they have to plan for the week like like how they're going to get through Shabbat but on the other side like I my kids are like Shabbat is so boring because you know they have to disconnect (laughs) yeah they don't like not talking to their friends or just especially now during corona time they're like but I want to talk to my friends because it's like all the interaction in that time um, we have family time. First of all, we are definitely eating three meals together in a 25 hour period. Um, we have dinner Friday night together. We have lunch on Saturday afternoon and dinner Saturday afternoon together. And, um, we do puzzles. We play games. The kids hang out with their friends. We read, um, we obviously we go to services, um, you know, and they would just have just like a low key restful day. When I was a kid, I also felt that way. It's like, gosh, this is so boring, especially in the summer months when when the day is much longer. And and, and like, I don't I don't know where all your listeners are, are but in the UK, for example, Shabbat is a uh, okay. So, but in the UK, uh, in the summertime, the days are super long. Like Shabbat might not be over till like eleven o'clock p.m. And in the wintertime, it ends at like 4 p.m. So like sometimes it's really, really long and sometimes it's not. Um, In Israel, it tends to be like more, it sits on like a less of a extreme time frame. Like it usually starts between like 5 and 7 and it ends between like 4.30 and, and, and 9. So like it's a little bit less extreme. But like... I just find that like 
for when I like when I was a kid, like it just could sometimes be a very, very long day. And it's a it's an unstructured day in a certain sense because, you know, there's no school and there's no technology. And like and you have to find ways to manage your boredom that mm. are not, are you not even TV. Allowed to read books. Are you not yeah, even you can read, read books. You can read books, yeah. Ah, okay. So there you go. That's. The, I mean, um, to be honest with you, that's such a good practice. Like, if I had, if I ever have kids, of course, I intend to. Um, I definitely want to include this practice in 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 their lives, in a sense that they they get to have a time where there's no technology and they have to find something within themselves that they enjoy that does not involve any technology or any talk of any technology whatsoever. Because I think that is extremely valuable. Um, in 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 because because otherwise they can never look as a child. I barely read read, read any books, and um, and I see that as such a waste of uh, life in a sense. Because I I value books now more so than ever because books have taught me to be the person that I am today, and I continue to read uh, pretty much every single week. I try and read a book. So so I think instilling that those sort of habits in your child from a year early age really helps in in the development of that child in the long run because um, it'll be like a natural thing to them. Okay, I'm gonna dedicate this specific time now uh, in the week to doing this certain task, which is very very important to me. So uh, so yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. And of course, again, like you said, we talked about minimizing uh, jargon from your life. This is a great way to do that as well. Like if your life is filled with like all kinds of BS, this is the best way to like um, to, 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 it's kind of streamline and organize yourself. Yeah. It filters, it filters out a lot of the things that are unimportant. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But it, but one thing that I, yeah. And it's nice. We spend time with our, I mean, not during Corona again, not during Corona, but we, we usually have meals with our friends. Uh, we go for walks, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a nice, sometimes we go away like to other people's houses and spend Shabbat with them. Like, it's just a nice way to connect to people without distraction and with intention and focus. Fantastic. Fantastic. Rebecca, you have been absolutely awesome. I really enjoyed you having on and I really learned so much, generally so much. Like I'm going to, I'm going to start making email templates as soon as we're finished and I'm going to start putting in signatures and I'm going to look, look for different automation softwares and how I'm going to outsource my life uh, <laughs> to, to different people. So I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your life and your insights into organization with us. And I, I am sure my listeners have definitely benefited from listening to you and people who are listening right now if you uh, and i would definitely encourage you to check out rebecca's podcast called journey to organization it's available on apple podcast it's available on spotify and uh, google podcast as well so definitely check it check it out when you get a chance and uh, um, how do people reach out to you uh, rebecca is there an email is there a website that they can get, catch you on or no Sure. They can reach me at uh, Balagan Begon. That's B-A-L-A-G-A-N-B-E-G-O-N-E.com. Uh, or you can join my Facebook group, Organizing in Israel. You don't have to live in Israel to join, although it, it's helpful, <laughs> but anybody can join. Everybody's welcome uh, if you want to get organization tips and tricks. What's that called? The Facebook group, Balagan Begon? It's called Organizing in Israel, Balagan Begon. 
Ah, okay. So what I'll, what I'll do, guys, is that I will include both of these links uh, in the description. So if you want to reach out to Rebecca, I definitely encourage you to do so. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so it. much you for having me. Day. You too. Always a pleasure. Take care. Bye. This was Vital Educators Podcast by Ahmed Saki. Hope you enjoyed. Please follow or subscribe for more content every week.